In the name of one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Before us today is the glorious message of salvation. But as we hear the glorious message of salvation, there is implied in that uh, the necessity that we be saved, that we are people in need of salvation, that we are people in need of someone beyond ourselves um, to intervene on our behalf. Uh, We must uh, be saved. And as we focus on that this morning, I want to begin by uh, sharing a story with you, something which happened during my senior year of seminary at Virginia Theological One of the classes that we had was uh, liturgics practicum, and what that was, as you might guess from the title, was you you practiced the things that you were going to be doing, marriages and baptisms and and funerals and all that sort of good stuff. And some of my classmates, um, I was not actually in their particular group, but but they got a grand um, idea uh, for liturgics practicum. One of the things that they were going to do was they were going to right a wrong that had existed at Virginia Seminary for 163 years uh, because they had decided that the font was in the wrong place. Um, and they decided, you know, as they were um, practicing, they were going to they were going to help the seminary out. God bless them. Um, and they were going to move the font from where, as I say, it had resided for uh, incorrectly for 163 years and, and they knew where it needed to go. And so they decided um, to move. And this was uh, ambitious on any number of levels. Uh, you know, the first I say, um, you know, within the Episcopal Church, you can preach heresy, just don't move the furniture. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, for starters, they, they sort of were, were, were asking for it and that. And also the reality was, in, in three years in seminary, the only lifting they had done was coffee mugs and books. Uh, but they decided that, you know, it was solid marble, but they've got this. Um, and so they, um, as they were moving the font, uh, as you might imagine, they dropped it. And as they dropped it, the bowl uh, on top of the font was separated uh, from its stand and it landed um, with a thud at their feet. And it wasn't like, you know, mom's lamp you broke back in the day and just get a little super glue and maybe you can patch it together and she won't notice. This was, this was slightly noticeable. Um, and the word, of course, in any sort of community like that, the word spread with alacrity uh, about that um, which had happened. And, and in addition to that, um, the font was given by the, uh, to the seminary by the Lee family and, um, you know, they're, they're pretty popular in Virginia. Uh, and so this was kind of, uh, this, this, this was an issue on, on many levels as, as you might imagine. But in addition to that, one of the things um, for them was their, uh, their transgression um, their sin, their shame was so very public, um, there, was, there was no hiding this. This was out there for the entire community to see. Uh, and not only that, um, we were all breathless um, to await their judgment as well, which would surely uh, be public also. Well, um, I share that with you as we begin to reflect on um, our salvation and the necessity for our salvation. Because one of the things... Um, that is true. And one of the things that we readily admit is that we're people who are sinners. Um, we, we can readily admit, you know, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I know I've, I've fallen short of, of the glory of God. And we'll even, we'll even name some respectable sins um, as, as we talk about that. But there is the reality, and that's a, um, that's a plug um, for the class. Um, we'll even name some of them. But, 
but as we reflect uh, on that, the reality is this. There is much that's beneath the surface, isn't there? Um, there are sins uh, in our lives that we try to hide from others. Um, there are sins within our life that we try to hide um, from ourselves as well. There's the reality of sin, yes, um, first and foremost as a condition uh, in which humanity um, finds itself. But there's also the reality of those sins within our lives, the particular things which plague us, which um, beset us. And sort of we, we readily admit um, to certain sins, but there are others um, within our lives that challenge and beset us that we would rather keep secret from other people. Uh, and of course, the reality is, uh, though we try uh, to keep them secret, uh, we know full well that though we ignore them, they're certainly not secret to God. Uh, and we certainly experience the impact of them in our lives. We have placed before us this morning uh, the lesson from the book of Numbers. And one of the things that we see in that is the sin of the people of Israel. And, and it's not private, uh, it's certainly very public. Uh, and not only is it, is it very public, but we see um, a swift response there in the wilderness. God is leading them as you... As you remember, he's shaping and fashioning them as his people, leading them um, to lean upon him, to trust uh, in him, to trust in his sufficiency and his provision. And yet, human nature being human nature, we hear that they grumble throughout their time there in the wilderness. We don't have any food, and the reality here in the next breath is, well, actually they have, they just thought it stunk. They didn't like, um, they didn't like what they had. We don't have any food, but this food you've given us is lousy. Um, and we hear that they're grumbling, we hear that they're complaining, and then this sort of curious uh, and vivid plague is visited upon them, fiery serpents. And there's nothing like a fiery serpent to lead to repentance. Um, we hear that um, the people um, come to Moses and, and, they, and they cry out to Moses and they cry out um, to God as well. And as they, as they do so, we see a number of things revealed to us about God, things that should be encouraging to you and to me. And we see powerful foreshadowing. Uh, which is going on uh, in Numbers, why Jesus uh, brings this up in his conversation with Nicodemus. The, one of the first things we see as the people go to Moses is the necessity for an intercessor. Um, they need someone, uh, they turn to someone, they turn to Moses to intercede with God um, on their behalf. Talk to him for us. Tell, them, uh, that, tell him that we're sorry, um, that, that it's going to be different uh, from here on out. Uh, have him come and save us. We see the necessity um, for an intercessor. But we also see um, that in the response, uh, God does respond. God does um, provide uh, a way of healing. He does provide a way of deliverance with the uh, bronze serpent that is placed upon the pole, which is lifted up um, before the people. And as they as they look up to the bronze serpent, as they look up um, to the pole, certainly one of the things which would happen for them was they would be confronted um, by their sins. Uh, they would be confronted of the reality and the presence of that um, in their lives. But, but thankfully as well, we hear um, that that is not um, the end of the story. The reality um, for us is that um, the design uh, of God's judgment uh, is not to destroy us, uh, but to drive us to him. The design of God's judgment is to deliver us from that which would lead us astray, to deliver us from that um, which would destroy us, and instead to turn us to him where we experience life and salvation. Uh, and clearly, uh, as Jesus is sharing with Nicodemus, uh, what happened to them, of course, is as they looked up at that, um, they were healed. As they looked up at that, 
um, they were restored. And Jesus begins in the conversations we have before us this day about the time which will come uh, in which He Himself will be lifted up and the way in which God will bring about salvation. He points uh, Nicodemus back that he might uh, be able to look forward and understand that which God accomplishes for you and for me through the cross and through the resurrection. Jesus said, here again the words from our gospel this morning, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have um, eternal life. What we see happening for the people in the wilderness When they were healed, when they were restored, it wasn't because uh, of anything in particular they did. It wasn't because they suddenly uh, had turned over um, a new leaf and they had cleaned up their act and they would never fall short again. The healing came simply um, by looking up to it, simply um, in repentance and turning to God. The healing and the restoration took place. That is the message of good news given to you and to me, is that our healing, that our restoration, isn't accomplished by our finally getting it all together. It is accomplished uh, in recognizing our sin before God uh, and turning to Him, uh, who is mighty to save. And we hear of God's desire for us in that which Jesus shares. We hear it from the mouth of Jesus Himself. Uh, The design of God, uh, the purpose of God, He was proactive in reaching out to you and to me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Proactively, God seeks us. Not grudgingly or reluctantly, but proactively, um, God gives um, His Son, Jesus, for you and for me, that we might experience salvation. That we might be restored. And He goes on uh, in verse 17, that great and glorious verse as well. Uh, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world uh, might be saved through Him. What I pray that we recognize um, this day is this. What we see um, for the people of Israel in the book of Numbers, but it's just as true um, for you and for me as well. And that is this, is that sin um, is ugly and sin is deadly, whether it's out in the open um, or whether it's hidden. We see sort of in a, in a very vivid and sudden way in the book of Numbers, the, the sins of the people visited upon them in such a way that, uh, they were, um, that they were destroyed. But the reality in all of our lives is that sin is ugly, that sin is deadly. But of course the good news is that that is not the final word, that God is greater um, than our sins, whether the public ones or the hidden ones, whatever they might be. And He's come forth into the world in the gift of His Son, not to condemn us, but to save us. What are the things that are burdening you in your life? What are the things um, that you are hiding from others, or hiding from God, or hiding from yourself? What are those things which which weigh you down? I would invite you, uh, along with myself, uh, to come today... Um, to Jesus Christ, who's come forth into the world, to look up um, to the cross, uh, to look up to Jesus, and in laying our burdens down before Him to experience um, the salvation and the fulfillment and the wholeness which are available in Him alone, and which are given to you and to me uh, freely. The good news um, goes forth um, that our Lord Jesus Christ has come into the world um, to save sinners. That God sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that through Him, 
the world might be saved, that through him, you and I might experience that salvation, which we deeply, desperately need. I began by um, sharing with you um, that story about my classmates. And I have to confess, we were a little disappointed when they got off. Um, you know, no reaper, basically, you know, no repercussions. The font was um, fixed uh, and life um, went on uh, in Virginia Seminary in the chapel until they introduced incense and then they had a fire. But that's a story um, for, another, for another day. Um, but uh, the scandalous word of the gospel, uh, first it's bad news um, that you and I are people who are sinful and desperately in need of salvation unable to restore ourselves. But the equally scandalous word is this, is that regardless of the magnitude of your sins, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ has come forth into the world to save us, calls us um, to himself, and through not our merits, but through his cross and his resurrection, uh, we are restored, we are forgiven, healed, uh, and filled with eternal life now uh, and in the life to come. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you graciously come forth into the world in the gift of your Son. I pray that through the work of your Holy Spirit, you would draw us to you this day. That the things that we have sought to hide from you and from one another might be given to you, most gracious God. And that we would experience the healing and the restoration made available through your cross and through your resurrection. And these things we ask in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.